Welcome to the Core Women Podcast, the place for women entrepreneurs, authors, and self-starters looking to build community and gain valuable insights through expert interviews with women at the top of their game. Join your host, podcaster, producer, expert coach, entrepreneur, and author, Dr. Summer Watson, as she aims to inspire and empower you through these candid conversations. Lean in and embrace the journey. It's time to start the show. Here's your host, Dr. Summer Watson. Today on the show, I would like to welcome Joan B. Sanford, who considers herself the Olivia Pope of content marketing for small businesses. Joan has 25 years of professional writing, editing, and marketing experience, is the CEO of Jazzy Pen Communications a certified minority and women-owned marketing communications firm specializing in branding and content marketing, a former print journalist, an award-winning writing gladiator who has been featured in publications like West Coast Magazine, and an in-demand speaker and recent Sue Talk presenter. We have so much to talk about today, so let's jump right into this and welcome Joan. Wow. Thank you, Summer. I appreciate that. I'm excited to be with you today. Well, I'm excited to have you here. It feels so good to have you on the show because the last time we talked, oh my gosh, we just connected and had so much fun. So thank you so much for taking the time to be on this show today. Before we jump into your professional background, let's get into talking a bit about your personal history, where you grew up, and how your experiences formed your desires to be here, where you are now, a content writer, a brand developer, somebody who supports other people. Let's talk about that. All right. Awesome. Well, I am a California girl, <laughs> born and raised through <laughs> and through, right? I, I cannot imagine myself living anywhere else. Um, like many of my my friends on, on the East Coast and other places, they want to come here. And yeah, you do, because I don't want to go anywhere else. <laughs> I grew up in a small suburb. <laughs> I'm a California girl on the East Coast, and I so want to go back. <laughs> see? You see? You see? I know. I know. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and some people say, you know, it never rains in California. Well, it does rain, not very often, but it does rain. I have to, you know, bust that myth right now. Um. Right. Exactly. And it depends on what part of California you live in, because Northern California gets more rain and more seasonal changes than Southern. Absolutely. Yeah. And interestingly enough, I'm, I'm a Southern California girl, but I went to college in Northern California. So I've experienced both mm-hmm. sides of, of California and still love it. Love this, yeah. this fabulous state that I live in. I grew up in a small suburb outside, right outside of um, Los Angeles. So for those of you who are not familiar, um, grew up in West Covina, which is a small suburb, like I said, and growing up there, you know, just a a middle-class regular area, in my opinion, I didn't, you know, experience great hardships or anything like that, but I grew up knowing that education was very important. And I always 
was a news watcher, right? Mm. I grew up thinking, oh, I am going to be the next Pat Harvey. I'm going to be on television telling the news. I can be an anchor. I'm going to be, you know, yeah. this individual. And so I went to school for journalism. With mm-hmm. that in mind, I thought, there's no stopping me now. I'm going to be the next <laughs> yeah. um, anchor on television news. And as I was going through the process, somewhere along the lines, my desires kind of shifted because I was also very much into magazines. And one of my favorite magazines was Essence Magazine at the time. And I thought, wow, ooh, what if I started a magazine? What if I was an editor at a magazine? And so I pursued that. And so fast forward, graduated with a bachelor's in journalism with a focus on magazine journalism. So I was actually working in my field while I was in school and actually managed to secure an internship. And that internship turned into a job at a magazine. And I worked my way up from, you know, editorial assistant all the way to managing editor in a very short amount of time. And so I was managing that magazine and, and, you know, securing and working with different writers and editors and photographers, et cetera. And that was the life for me. But at the same time, it was the dot-com era was just beginning to kick off. And I thought, Ooh, I have to be a part of this. I was in the Silicon Valley and it was time, right? Right. <laughs> and yes, so all of a sudden, it certainly was. Yeah. Yes, there all was. of a sudden, it was just, you know, it was a, a rocket ship that just took off and everybody was wanting to be a part of this in some way, right? The internet was becoming something. We, you know, up until that point, it wasn't much of anything. It was becoming something, it was becoming a way of life. Um, And so I transitioned and started to do technical writing, technical editing, and (laughs) yeah, that's, that's tough stuff and interesting because you were right there in the hub of it. I believe you went to San Jose, right? San Jose State University. So yeah, and I was right there as well with you. I lived right over the hill in Santa Cruz, but went to Berkeley. So they were getting all those CS majors over, you know, in the Silicon Valley. So I was right there watching this unfold. And here's the beautiful thing about that too, Joan, is we were at the beginning of all that. So even with the millennials, like changing things and putting their nuances on things, we were the ones who were there when it began. Right. And saw the evolution and were part of that evolution. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kind of pioneering for us, right? That's right. (laughs) That's right. Absolutely. We were the people all working it to set the foundation. And even people who went to my school started creating games just from DOS in the computer room. I mean, doing some crazy stuff at the time. And we were just like blown away. And, you know, so here you are. You're working, you're going to school, which I love that you mentioned as you were going to school, you were working in the field. Mm-hmm. And that is so important for folks to hear is that you were taking the opportunity to work in the field while you were going to school and securing something for yourself. And then you were able to make that shift 
into a different area of writing, technical writing. So then you move on and what did that look like for you? So fast forward from there, moved back to Southern California and was working as a technical writer and a technical editor and a marketing writer. It was like a hodgepodge of a, of a role. And what I realized was that like many young people, you, you chase the money, right. And you're, 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 you're there mainly because you, you want to have a successful life based on this, this dream, right. However, what I realized was that it wasn't really doing it for me on the technical side. I enjoyed the marketing aspect of my role, but technical, it was kind of, you know, it was fun dealing with different individuals who struggled in that area of making their messages clear in terms of, you know, software and all of these different terms that other people or laymen would not understand. So making that, you know, I felt like I was helping them to transcribe and and change that whole dynamic, if you will. Yet I still yearned for something that was fun. So interestingly at that time, so we were moving forward now to the self-publishing era Mm. had just popped off, right? Yes. Yes. And that was a new thing because up until that point, it was, you know, books were totally created from beginning to end with traditional publishers. So all of a sudden you and I could publish a book (laughs) almost instantaneously. And the problem was that nobody was really editing these books. Mm. (laughs) So you had these really great ideas and they're out on paper, but the editing was horrific. Uh. And I'm one of those people who, if you don't complain about it, be helpful, help in this time. And so I decided I'm going to start a side business and it's going to be all about helping these new self-publishers properly edit their books so that they can have something that they are truly proud of. So it's not just, hey, I actually wrote and published a book, but I wrote and published a book that I'm proud of. And that yeah. was the beginning of the precipice of Jazzy Pen Communications. Oh my gosh, that is so fantastic. I love how this has evolved for you and how your path went from one step to the next step to a different step. And you got that experience both from a passion perspective and writing for a magazine. Then you went into that technical perspective or, you know, frame and Mm -hmm. learned that skill set. And then you were able to take all of that and apply it to your own business, which is fantastic because yes, you're so right. You know, we know that there are five big publishers out there. And if you want to publish something that's meaningful, that you're passionate about, that people want to pick up and read and, and go through it and, and are able to digest it without a lot of errors, we're going to need somebody 
like Joan B. Stanford <laughs> to help us with that piece of work, that manuscript, that branding, and that also will help brand the person. So as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, when did you start going full-time with Jazzy Pen Communications, number one? And number two, you know the value of branding oneself as an author. You are helping people understand that by being that editor, by helping them. Because if you publish a crappy book, that's also going to establish a brand. Right. <laughs> so if you are helping them publish something that's meaningful, that's readable, that's technically right on point, that's going to make a difference for their brand as well. So when did you go into this full time? And, and how did you know this was absolutely something you wanted to grow and do? <laughs> <Funny>. <laughs> Interesting question, because as I was still at my full-time job and working Jazzy Pen Communications as a side hustle, as they call it, lo and behold, I was laid off from my job. And it was at a time where lots was going on in my life. I had just lost my brother. He passed away and I had a young, I have two kids. And so my son was just born 2007. So right away. So he's about two. <laughs> 2009 is when this shift happened. It was seismic for me at the time. And so I'm essentially out of a job. All of these things are going on in my life. And I thought, I have a choice here. I can certainly touch up the resume and send it out there, look for a new job, or I can make this jazzy pen thing work, right? (laughs) Jazzy pen can become my full-time role. And so I chose the latter, rolled up my sleeves. And so one of the things that happened though, is that I was still editing books, but I realized that when you're editing a manuscript, it's a long process and it takes time. And it's not something where you can be, editing five manuscripts at the same time, you know, not certainly not doing them justice and not doing them very well, in my opinion. So as I started to get out there and network and start to build and grow my business, one of the things I realized was a serious need for someone to write content. Mm -hmm. (laughs) At the time, I didn't know it was content. It was, it was business writing. It was, you know, advertising help. It was all of these things. It wasn't really called content at that time, but that's essentially what it was. It was, there was a need for people to have press releases written for them. There was a need for, you know, the actual wording for these websites that they were starting to build. There was a need for brochures and mm-hmm. emails and all of these things. And all of these things were things that I have done in the past for yeah. huge fortune 500 companies. And I thought, wow, I can use all of these skill sets and help small business owners. And that's what I started to do. And that's what I'm doing today. (laughs) Oh, and see, I love that because you mentioned something of real importance here. Those skills that you acquired along the way were transferable for your business and to help others. 
So a lot of times we hear that idiom, rediscover, start something new. And that's scary for a lot of people because it's like, oh my gosh, I got to start all over. I've got to, when in actuality, you have so much that you're coming into a new job, being an entrepreneur that you can actually apply in relation to skill set that you're not really starting over. You're just doing things a little differently. Exactly. And that's what I love about your story is that you shifted and applied that skill set in a different way. But all that experience was so rich that it helped support the foundation of your business. And that is incredible. Absolutely. Without question, it helped because now as I reflect back, had I taken on something completely new, that would would have been so daunting for me. Like I said, I've got little ones at home at the time and that would have been not to say that you can't do it because people are doing it every single day. Yet for me, I knew that it would be so much easier for me to build upon the skill sets that I have already existing. Right. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) That you already possessed and you just applied those differently and you shifted. And, you know, when I look at people who are going through a lot of transition and I've worked with a lot of military, they get really nervous and scared. And I don't know what to do when I get out. And I'm like, you have so much skill. You have so many different skill sets that can be applied in so many different areas. How do you want to apply them? And when people can wrap their head around that concept, it makes it so much more palatable and the angst goes away a lot of times or reduces greatly. So, right. So my next question is, and this is, this might sound so simple and you've touched on this, but what is a content marketer now that they've come up with the name (laughs) and instead of calling it this, instead of calling it that, instead of referring to it as that, what do you predominantly do as a content marketer? (laughs) (laughs) Again, great question, Summer. So let's start with the concept of, of content marketing, because it's something that, you know, now we're hearing so much about it, but in actuality, it's been around for a very long time. We're talking like early 1900s, right? There were companies doing it way back then. They just weren't calling it that. But content marketing is essentially, it boils down to being a marketing technique, or you can call it a marketing approach that really focuses in on creating and distributing, right? Valuable, relevant, and consistent content to an audience that you are really trying to attract and retain. Okay. And then ultimately, ultimately the goal of it is to drive profitable customer action, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we we actually want people to actually do business with us, (laughs) buy our products and services, but we first need to set the foundation, start sprinkling the, the fairy dust that's going to attract them to us. And that's what content marketing is, right? So as a content marketer, (laughs) it is my job to help individuals, to help brands, to help small businesses actually create that content, right? And for so many people, myself included, sometimes it's the time, right? Right. Most people don't have the time to sit and create all of the necessary content 
that they need to be creating to make a difference and to show up with impact for their business and or brand. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that, Joan. When you are a small business or an entrepreneur and you're getting started, there are so many things that land on your plate and marketing is a huge component to that. It's a huge factor and it is time consuming. And many times we are juggling so much that we need to look at what's going to support our process, what is going to support our ability to make money. And we have to look at the resources that are out there and really tap into those resources because sometimes we forget, even as small business owners, that we can't do it all. As much as we want to, we need to invest in certain things and something as important as content marketing is a great investment. So I love all that you've done and how you've built your own brand and all that you're doing in community to help other people. I have two more questions for you. What would you say is the biggest challenge you've confronted as an entrepreneur and how did you overcome this challenge? Ooh, as an entrepreneur, I think there are always challenges, right? Yeah, always. <laughs> there, 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 there's always a, a new challenge. And I feel like if you are, if there are not challenges, if you are not facing any challenges, I'm, I'm going on a limb here, but you're not really an entrepreneur. <laughs> Clearly you, you must be doing, you know, something just for fun. You've got a, a, you know, a trust, but I don't know, but you're always going to be faced with challenges, particularly as you take different risks, right? Yes. And that's the, that's really in my mind, that's the difference between an entrepreneur and someone else is that an entrepreneur is willing to take those risks. They have innovative, creative ideas, and they are willing to take that journey to see those ideas come to fruition. And within that, there are hills and valleys and twists and turns. And, you know, I, I saw a diagram that said, some people think that an entrepreneur is just going on a straight path, but we're doing this, you know, we're, right. we're, we're up and down. It's like a roller coaster and it's so true. So to answer your question, <laughs> what <laughs> circling back around, no, what right. are the challenges that I've faced? I face so many, some of them self-imposed because I think as an entrepreneur, sometimes we doubt ourselves. We think, Ooh, am I really good enough to do this? Is my work really that good to, to attract this type of client or to command this type of fee and that, that sort of thing? Um, so I personally dealt with that for, for a while there. Um, right. Some people will call it imposter, imposter. syndrome. Mm-hmm. Some people will, will say that it's just, you know, the FUD factor, you know, uncertainty and doubt, all of that. Um, That for me was a huge, huge obstacle. And then you (laughs) sometimes, you know, it it just hits you or sometimes you do mindset work and you realize, oh yes, I am not only good, I'm damn good at what I do. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yes. <laughs> Let's get it. Yes, right? That's yes. right. <laughs> you know, and, and I love that you say woo-woo because I really feel like that's a big part of it too. You have to be your own cheerleader. When you don't hear anybody cheering for you or somebody is not liking your posts or you all of these different things come into your, your zone, right? You have to be your own cheerleader. Oh, yeah. And that's a big part too other obstacles, um, figuring out which audience to go after, right? You, I think a lot of us, most of us, you know, God has given us many different gifts and figuring out which one you want to use and how you want to use it can be a challenge, right? Absolutely. Um, figuring out the perfect time, not the perfect time, but sometimes you think that oh, there has to be a perfect time in which to start bringing in help, start, you know, bringing in different people to add to your team and all of these, that can be a challenge, particularly yeah. if you've been a solopreneur for a long time. It's like, Ooh, I've been doing this, this, and this, and who that person might not do it the way that I want them to do it. So, yeah. so many, so many different challenges, Summer wouldn't change a thing. Well, I love all that you mentioned there in regards to challenges, working on those challenges, what that meant to you, and being flexible enough to know that these things are going to happen when you're an entrepreneur. And how are you going to reflect, learn, flub? You know, we do it. And some of our missteps are our best teachers. So absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. So it's just sometimes we just got to let it roll. And I think that for many entrepreneurs, they look at themselves and go, oh my gosh, I should have been there. I should have done this. I should have done. And yet it's like, what yardstick is that based off of? Is that your own or comparing your yardstick to somebody else's? Because that's all going to look different, right? So don't don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So my last question is, and we've covered so much in relation to how you help build brands, what a content marketer is, how your evolution in regards to the business and your learned skills, so much has been covered here, so much great information. My last question for you is, if you were to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom, what would they be? Words of wisdom. Ooh, so many. I think number one is never stop learning. And I know that sounds almost kind of basic, but I've come across so many people where you get caught up in your day-to-day and there's always something new to learn, whether it's in your field or your industry or not, there is always something to learn and to grasp and to add and build onto your existing skill set. right? So never stop learning believe in yourself and keep going. I think that a lot of entrepreneurs will inevitably (laughs) come to a point where it's like, Ooh, do I really want to continue with this? Am I really this crazy? And yeah, you're crazy in love with your idea and your goals and your vision. Keep going and pursue it, baby. Do not stop. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> even, even if you have to take a break or re-energize, regroup, do that, but don't stop 
chasing your mission, your vision, your goal, your ambitions, all of that, all of that is important. Oh my gosh. Bravo. Yes, 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 and yes. <laughs> I agree with all of that. Thank you so much, Joan, for joining me on the Core Women podcast today. Absolutely. It has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you can connect and follow Joan B. Stanford on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and at Jazzy Penn, then also at jazzypenn.com. Thank you for joining us on the Core Women Podcast with Dr. Summer Watson. We're so glad you're here and would love to connect more with you. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Core Women and on Twitter at Core Women One. For more about Core Women and Dr. Watson, visit corewomen.com. Want more support and resources for amazing women like you? Great! Join Dr. Watson and Jen Fontanilla at the Life, Love, and Money Collective, a core women production that aids in understanding the key traits that might be getting in the way of living a life that you are absolutely passionate about. Connect with Summer and Jen and find out more at thelifeloveandmoney.com.